Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode uh, is covering section four of the Doctrine and Covenants. So a little background about this section. Uh, Joseph and Emma are living in Harmony, Pennsylvania. His parents are living still in Manchester, New York. It's not too far away, uh, but still uh, some distance away. Um, this is given in February 1829. Joseph has not really uh, begun translating the Book of Mormon again. There's He does do some, I, I mentioned in the previous episode, between September 1828 and April 1829, there's some uh, translation that takes place. Um, Emma acted as scribe again for a little bit, and potentially even her uh, her brother also helped, but he did not translate very much during this time. So there's not a lot uh, in terms of translating the Book of Mormon going on at this time. It is after Section 3 was received. It's after he's been uh, chastised. He's also received the Urim and Thummim and the plates again. But it's also only six or so months after Joseph and Emma had lost their first son uh, shortly after birth. Emma had almost died as well. So all this, all these things that happened in this short period of time, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't even that long before that, that they had moved away, moved to Harmony. Uh, there's just the building, um, mocking and persecution that's building. And so Joseph's life is probably not one that you would call, uh, calm, I guess. <laughs> um, there's definitely some turbulence in, in this young man's life. And so his father decides that he's going to go and visit them. And so you can imagine that Joseph and Emma would be very happy to just have a friendly face uh, to welcome in. So that's kind of this, the situation that surrounds this this uh, revelation. Joseph Smith Sr. wanted to know what he could do and how he could help in the work and what he was supposed to be doing. Something that stands out to me in Section 4 of the Doctrine and Covenants is that it lays out the qualifications to be a part of the gathering of Israel, to be on the Lord's errand. And it doesn't mention anything about your net worth or how much income you have or what kind of house you live in or what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mention anything about which college you attended or what degrees uh, you hold or whether you hold degrees or went to college at all. It says nothing about your worldly knowledge, standing, or wealth. The qualifications given to Joseph Smith Sr. through his son, Joseph Smith Jr., uh, are simple, powerful, uh, maybe not always easy, but available to anyone. O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. President Oaks um, about that verse said, it's not enough for us to serve with all of our uh, might and uh, strength, but we must serve also with our, all of our heart and mind. And so it takes something. It takes some effort. It's not always easy, and it, it's not meant to be, but it is meant to be available for, for all people. And then he says, if you have desires to serve God, you're called to the work. So what's, what's the qualification? It's desire. Joseph Smith Sr., a man who, as I mentioned in a previous episode, by his own admission, drank too much and was definitely not a wealthy man. Uh, it's one of the reasons Emma Smith's uh, father objected to them getting married because of the kind of family that Joseph came from. 
in terms of just worldly uh, possessions. And and the Lord says, For behold, the field is white, ready to harvest, and lo, he that thrusteth in his sickle with his might, the same layeth up in store that he perisheth not, but bringeth salvation to his soul. And faith, hope, charity, and love, with an eye single to the glory of God, qualify him for the work. These are things that we all can, can obtain and have. Joseph Smith Sr. at this time had uh, a young teacher living uh, with them. This was was not uncommon at the time for uh, people to board different, uh, you know, travelers and temporary workers and things. I uh, remember that's how Joseph met Emma was that while he was working uh, for another for a man, they were looking for silver a silver mine. The Hales. Uh, boarded Joseph and 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 a few others. So Joseph Joseph and Lucy Mack Smith were boarding a young teacher. They'd been pretty tight-lipped, hadn't really shared much about Joseph and what was going on with their son and who he was and what revelations he had had and visions he had had, and they didn't really say much to him. After this vision, or after, excuse me, after this revelation, section four was given to Joseph Smith for his father, and he relays it to his father, uh, that changed, and he starts talking a little bit more to that teacher, whose name is Oliver Cowdery. Oliver obviously becomes an integral part of the Restoration, and he becomes the scribe that uh, ends up joining Joseph in, I think, April of that year, so about two months later. And the translation of the Book of Mormon is completed. Oliver also becomes one of the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon. And as one scholar has said, this revelation turned Father Smith into a farmer of souls. He'd been tight-lipped to Oliver Cowdery, the school teacher, who was boarding with his family. But when Joseph Sr. returned uh, returned home to New York, he told Oliver about the marvelous work about to come forth. As soon as the Book of Mormon was off the press and the Church of Jesus Christ was restored, Father Smith spent the harvest season visiting his parents and siblings. He found most of them ripe, and his ministry brought salvation to their souls and his. Just like it was to Joseph Smith Sr., this, this section is to us a call to uh, a call to arms, a call to participate in the marvelous work. At this time, when the section was given, the, the Book of Mormon had not been fully translated. The church had not been restored. The priesthood had not been restored. So a marvelous work was about to come forth. In our day, in our time, the marvelous work is coming forth. It is currently ongoing. The ongoing restoration is happening, and we can be a part of it if we so choose. We can be a part of the gathering of Israel, and all we have to do is have a desire to serve and have faith, hope, and charity, and a love with an eye single to the glory of God. That's what qualifies us. And as we seek those things, and as we have, as we start with that desire, and then we seek those spiritual gifts, because faith, and hope, and charity, and love and having an eye single to the glory of God, those are spiritual gifts that can only be given. We can't take, but we can claim them as our own by asking and by living worthily. And as we have the desire and we and we receive those gifts, we are called to the work. And as we thrust in our sickle with our might, this, we lay up in store that we perish not, but bring a salvation to our souls, our own souls. It's uh, as we s- uh, participate in the gathering of Israel, 
even if others reject us, and even if it seems that no other person has been gathered, if we've had that desire, and if we've received those spiritual gifts, we've allowed ourselves to be gathered, and we've let God prevail in our life. And in the end, that's what the Lord will will smile uh, upon us for, because we were a part of his work. Whether other people accepted what we were sharing, that's up to them. And whether the Lord smiles on them, that's between them and him. But section four is a call for us to allow ourselves to first be gathered, to let the Lord prevail in our life, to become ourselves adopted in truly and fully into the house of Israel and become uh, a child of the promise. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you uh, join me on the next and last episode of the week as we discuss uh, some more about Martin Harris in Section 5 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you soon.